Welcome to RADcast, a series of youth-created podcasts showcasing the Allegheny Regional Asset District, RAD, which provides financial support to Allegheny County's libraries, parks and trails, arts and cultural organizations, regional attractions, sports and civic facilities, and public transit. I'm Jules Smallis, and joining me this week is Morgan McRae. Morgan, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Doing well, I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. This episode includes segments on Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens, as well as Hill Dance Academy Theater, but first we'll be taking a closer look at the August Wilson House. This piece was recorded and edited by Morgan McRae, and here it is. When you hear the name August Wilson, what do you think of? If you've taken a high school English class, you may know him for more famous works like Fences or The Piano Lesson, but dig a bit deeper. You'll find that the settings of those stories are right in your backyard. Born in 1945, Frederick August Kittle, famously known as August Wilson, spent 13 years of his life along with his mother and five siblings in a cramped two-bedroom apartment right on Bedford Avenue in the Hill District. This home, although small and a result of the family's poverty, shaped Wilson's youth. It became a constant location in one of his most famous collections, the American Century Cycle, a series consisting of 10 plays documenting the hopes and struggles of Black Americans across the 20th century. Wilson left this home in 1962 to go to the military and it became derelict. The house sat unoccupied and decaying up until his death in 2005. But Wilson's nephew had a plan. Within a two-year period, Paul Ellis would form the Daisy Wilson Artist Community, named after Wilson's mother, and began working to landmark the house and restore it enough to stop the decay. Today, the August Wilson House is being renovated into a cultural center in the legacy of the playwright. I spoke with Paul Ellis, who shared his personal experiences in growing up with August Wilson. He told stories constantly. You know, my sister and I have very vivid memories of lots of laughter, you know, in the household. You know, instances where he would share what was going on in his mind uh, in terms of the characters that he was developing. It was fascinating to watch because the way his mind was working and all the little things that he thought were funny. And so he would share them with us. And then the next year, you know, we would see those characters and the storyline that he talked about in full form, you know, among the lights of Broadway. During our conversation, Ellis noted how his uncle was a great listener and valued authenticity in his work. You know, he had a keen ability to actually, you know, listen to the people. He, like, really, really listened to them. And in an environment where he was able to understand the cultural significance and, you know, the context at the time, you know, there were many instances during his career and during his journey where people sought to, you know, either edit his work or somehow, you know, distract him away from preserving the authenticity of it. And he just wouldn't let that happen. I personally watched him, you know, rip up checks. People that understood the value of his work didn't necessarily want to compensate him fully or at least not be as committed as he was to preserving the authenticity of his work. Denise Turner, the chief executive of the August Wilson House, shared the mission and plans for the restoration of the playwright's childhood home, including remodeling the kitchen with historically accurate appliances and installing audio stations with interview clips and one-on-one conversations with Mr. Wilson. We have three missions at August Wilson House, and one is the actual restoration of the childhood home. So in the space, we will have tours, and we are doing a historic preservation in the space in which Mr. Wilson and his family live. So there is a museum-like 
portion to our space because in order to honor Mr. Wilson and his family and restoring where he lived, that is a natural part of it. So we want to do that first. And secondly, would be to offer robust programming that engages the community. And the third thing that we do is we are putting together several fellowship programs and playwright residencies. And we also do that to seek um, not just artists, but to seek students and artists of color. That's significantly embroiled into our mission. Remaking the space into something that would properly honor Mr. Wilson was no easy task. After his uncle passed away, Paul spent months not only grieving, but working to create something that would impact the community in a positive way and create opportunities for others, as if to mirror Wilson's values and passion. The August Wilson House now offers lots of multifaceted programming, including an oral histories program focused on elder voices of the Hill District, in-school programming that teaches playwriting with Wilson's own methods, and even artist and poet residencies. As Turner said, the August Wilson House is not just a museum. It is truly an art center focused on the future of young artists and writers, just as August Wilson asked for. Paul and his family felt that it was important to do something to honor Mr. Wilson. And while Mr. Wilson was living, there was a conversation that they held with him. And what he said is, I want the space to be useful. And in doing so, that meant that we're not honoring him through a museum space, but that the space will be an active and creative cultural hub where young artists and writers can be nurtured and inspired. For more information on the August Wilson House and all it has to offer, please visit augustwilsonhouse.org or call at 412-467-6097. Morgan, I love this piece. I love all the information that the interviewees gave and how you portrayed all the information. I thought it was really outstanding, but I do have a couple questions for you. Okay. Have you visited the August Wilson House before, previous to the interview? I have. So last April, I volunteered at the August Wilson Festival, I believe, in celebration of his birthday. And it was held directly outside of his house on the same street. So setting up the tents and, you know, picking up trash, but there was this house that everybody was operating out of. And it was interesting because I had no idea what it was. It was just look like a vacant house but somebody did tell me oh this is August Wilson's childhood home so I was very interested in doing this piece and learning about what I had seen. That's amazing and you did say in the piece that the house is currently being renovated renovated at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen the house since it's been renovated? Not since it's been renovated. I know that they had their open house um, a couple weeks after that piece was made and I just unfortunately wasn't able to go but April's rolling around again, so the festival will be back, and I'm excited to go back and see what they did. That's amazing. And lastly, have you seen one of August Wilson's plays before? I haven't seen any performed, but I have read a few. I've read Fences and The Piano Man, and they were really interesting works to me because I could see my family, I could see like my siblings in the plays. So it was definitely a different experience than I had been reading Shakespeare and different things in school. Reading August Wilson was like a almost like a culture shock, like, oh my goodness, this man is like in my backyard. Why does he know everything about my family? For our next asset, we're going to stay in the Hill District and listen to a piece about the Hill Dance Academy Theater by Camille. My name is Camille Howard, and I have been dancing at the Hill Dance Academy Theater, also known as Hadat, for six years. During those six years, Hadat has become like a second family to me. The faculty and head directors work closely with the dancers, and due to that close-knit relationship, I was able to catch up with Dr. Aisha Morgan Lee, founder, CEO, and artistic director of Hadat. 
I started Hadat because I wanted there to be an opportunity for children who look like me to have a place to dance, and they would have other black and brown children who look like them, along with faculty who are teaching them, so they could see that it is possible for them to have a professional career in dance. Most summers, dance studios hold what they call a summer dance intensive. Hadat is no different. Every summer, for about four to six weeks, Hadat will hold their own annual summer dance intensive. Like most studios, the teaching artists will use that time to push their dancers harder and evaluate their dancers' technique. What makes Hadat different is that they also use that summer to educate their dancers on black dance history. Sister Salida is the Afro-Caribbean teaching artist at Hadat and has been teaching for 13 years. During her classes, she always makes us remember that dance is about performing and knowledge. Awareness of self, awareness of who you are, where you are in the world, knowledge of your ancestry, pride in who you are, pride in your communities, and also that you have to be committed as an artist, as a dancer, as a performer to the uplift of your people. Dance is wonderful on the stage, but if it's not promoting change and uplift and inspiration, what's the use? This summer was special because Hadat had an Afro-Caribbean week that brought in multiple different choreographers from throughout the dance world. As a part of their summer intensive, my project, A Black Bead Story, The Digital Spectacles, is hosting an Afro-Caribbean summer dance and drum intensive that's week long with guests from Haiti, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Guyana, the Virgin Islands, Trinidad and Tobago, and Grenada. I came into the studio multiple times to observe the students in their working environments. I know that multiple students came to Hadat's family from different backgrounds and under different circumstances. Students live in multiple different areas around Pittsburgh, including the Hill District, Robinson, Penn Hills, North Hills, and Oakland. Some even come from outside of Pittsburgh. Hadat also extends beyond dance. Most dancers at Hadat enjoy other arts activities outside of dance. Hadat uses their resources to fully support their dancers in any way, shape, or form. I think there's a number of ways Hadat is the place to show your talent. Even though we're a dance academy teaching all styles of dance, ballet, jazz, tap, African, modern, capoeira, there are also other classes that we teach that support dance, physical fitness, nutrition, creative discipline, creative leadership. So you get to showcase who you are. You also get to have different performance opportunities, both things that we do here in Hadat and outside performances. So it's a wonderful place to kind of just express yourself. In addition to supporting other artistic activities, Hadat provides life skills that will help their dancers in the future. I definitely think it'll help them to really know who they are, have a better understanding of who they are, have a better understanding of their history and the culture and the richness that they come from and able to share that with the world. I think whether they're gonna be in a career in dance or something else, their communication skills, speaking skills, presentation skills, being able to just get up in front of a room and have confidence and be confident about what you're speaking and who you are. And that's what, not just dance, but the arts in general teaches people that. It teaches them to really be able to be comfortable in who they are and to be able to express themselves in different ways. In general, Hadat does a multitude of different things within the organization to ensure that their dancers leave with all the tools that they need to be successful. I think that Hadat student is very confident I think that Hadat student is very caring and considerate of their community. I think that Hadat student is a global student, a healthy student, mind, body, and soul.
I really enjoyed this piece about the Dance Academy, especially when the interviewer was speaking about how dance is being committed to the uplifting of people and yourself and it also needs to promote change. I think art in general is meant to evoke a feeling, whether if it's in yourself or someone else to just spark a conversation. I think that's most commonly seen when you're in a museum or walking through a gallery, but watching people move and feel the music and you're also feeling the music as well is a whole different type of feeling and I think it's just sparks thoughts and a conversation between you and others. I agree. I danced at Hadat for, I think, four years. And during that time, I can definitely like attest to all of this. It was about the uplifting of the African-American culture. I took African dance. It was history. It was learning about what are you actually portraying? What are you teaching people through your performance? And I think things like that are super important. Even though dance can be seen as, you know, just the performance, it is the knowledge and the culture of whatever you are portraying, which is super important. You should know what you're talking about. You should know what you're representing. And I love how they talked about you get a better understanding of your identity when you express yourself with people who look like you. It's definitely impactful for young dancers to really just know that, you know, this dream is not unachievable. I can go into a career in dance. It's influential to see these great people who look just like you make something out of their passions. And lastly, we have a piece by Kalo on Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens. In 1893, Henry Phipps, a successful American entrepreneur, gifted Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens to Pittsburgh's working class. The iconic glass house has stood for nearly 130 years as a place for folks to learn and enjoy. In the last few decades, Phipps has added an important focus to their mission. We've had a very exciting transformation since we started to take on sustainability as part of our mission. Starting with our Welcome Center in 2005 and our Tropical Forest Conservatory in 2006, we began a path toward doing everything we could to be as green and sustainable as possible. That was Joe Reed, Director of Marketing and Communications. It's hard not to feel connected to nature when walking around the domed conservatory due to its variety of plants, waterfalls, and aquatic life. Since going greener, more and more plants from palm trees to bonsai have been made available at the conservatory. One of our most beloved collections is our orchid collection, and in particular, the slipper orchid. So the slipper orchid is a particular type of orchid that is named because it looks like a ballet slipper, and we have one of the most expansive collections of those in the country, and we manage that together with the Orchid Society of Western Pennsylvania. We're very proud of that partnership. It's been really great. The variety of unique parts of nature many people living in Western Pennsylvania would have never seen otherwise is impressive. I'm still shocked by the desert room. FIPS is a multifaceted organization that goes beyond simply looking at plants. You can take educational classes ranging from gardening to botanical art and illustration, buy plants and many other related things such as books, or enroll into their summer camps. They also hold fun events throughout the year including the annual May Market. It's a really great event where vendors from all over the region come together on our front lawn and sell all kinds of great goods to kick off the start of gardening season. The seasonal flower shows, we have one for spring, summer, fall, and winter every year, and those are hugely popular. We also have an orchid and tropical bonsai show that's held every year, and we have our butterfly forest where we have live butterflies in our stove room all summer long. Those are big, very popular draws for people. One of the coolest parts about this garden is it's open all year round, and each season offers customers a fresh experience. Everyone loves to come here during the winter time and I, I do agree it's really magnificent to be in the glass house when it's illuminated with all the beautiful lights and everything but personally for me I think 
summer is a really exciting time to be here that many people don't know about because the indoor and the outdoor spaces are all in full bloom. If plants are your thing and blooms are your thing, you get to see more of them per square foot than any other time of year because you get to enjoy our indoor gardens and our outdoor gardens. On display now at Phipps, the tropical room captures the ambiance of Hawaii. I took a walk around this room and spoke with a greeter willing to answer questions. This room is called the Tropical Forest at Phipps Conservatory. This room was built in 2007 and it changes every three years. So it has been the Amazon, it has been India, it's been Thailand, it's been the Congo, Cuba, and Hawaii. We just opened Hawaii in March of 2022. While walking around, it feels like you're actually in Hawaii. You can really tell it takes a lot of time to put together each theme. In fact, about 80% of each exhibit's plant material goes out and is then replaced by the new theme's plant life. Before creating this feature, I've never been inside Phipps, and it exceeded my expectations. The outside scenery alone is great, but hearing the ambient sounds going into their shop and admiring their plethora of plants and ponds from inside the building is an even better experience. Give them a follow on their social medias and sign up for their newsletter to stay up to date on upcoming events. For more information on Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens, visit phipps.conservatory.org. Listening to this segment had so many memories come flooding back in for me from when I was a kid and even till recently. I do photography as a side hobby and every time I go to Phipps I make sure to bring my camera to capture all the flowers and the butterflies in the exhibit. And even just running around as a kid in the outdoor space with that big tree trunk where you could crawl inside and go all the way on top, it is really such an amazing place and I definitely need to go back. I'm sad I didn't get to go to their most recent winter exhibit because I know it's beautiful every single time. Yeah, Phipps all year is just absolutely beautiful. I love how they bring a lot of variety from a lot of different places because it is true a lot of people will not get to see all of these different types of plant life and experience these things within their lifetime so it's great that it's right here in Pittsburgh. In addition to like their physical space being beautiful I also really love that their mission statement I think it's kind of funny that like the botanical garden is going green. Sustainability is a big thing and it's really great to see this place who cares so much about botanical sciences and plant life really focus on how they're impacting the environment right at home. Yeah, even their educational pieces as well is amazing. I know when I would used to go with my grandma all the time, she would say, do you know what this is called? And she would point to the chihulis, which are the glass sculptures that are all around the botanical gardens. And that isn't a class necessarily, but I know that going there every time I'm going to learn something new about the plants or interact mm-hmm. with a different worker who's going to tell me something crazy about this new flower they just started cultivating. And it's really just an amazing space. And it's so, so beautiful. So please go check it out. It's one of the, I would say, the best places to go in Allegheny County, but I might be a little biased. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. And a special thank you to the Regional Asset District for giving us this special opportunity. And this very special thanks to Morgan McRae for joining me this week. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. And that is it for tonight. And we will see you next time on Radcast.